Today's read, A Moment of Silence, Midnight Three, by Sister Soldier. Chapter Eight, The Wall, A Reflection. Yo, Chris, I said when he picked up the phone. You back. I thought you gave up on the BK and decided to chill in Japan. Nah, nothing like that, I said. Hope you shot some footage with that movie camera so we can check it out when we finally see you, he said. And then he asked me, why are you calling me from a payphone? It's summertime, man. You still on punishment? I flipped it on him. Oh, you got jokes? Nah, I'm good now, he said. Want to work? I asked. Bust a job. I got a homeowner in Queens. He wants to hire a crew to build a wall. A wall, he repeated. Around his house, I explained. That's manual labor, my brother. How much is the pay? Not minimum wage like that's $3 an hour, Chris said. The pay is good, I told him. What's that mean, he asked me. It's good enough for me. And you know I'm about that paper, I said, and then he laughed. Is Amir working on it too, he asked. Yeah, he's down. Then the money must be right, Chris said. Let us three get up before the dojo tonight. I'll kick y'all the numbers and the schedule it in, I told him. All right, he agreed. Let's meet at the curry shack at Ford Inn. That'll give us enough time. <laughs> we all got blacker, Chris said. He was holding the door open as Amir and I both rolled up at the same time, coming from opposite directions. Sun must have been sizzling in Japan. I didn't think this brother could get any blacker, Amir said, as he embraced me and gave me a pound. I saw what Chris observed. We had each been in the sunlight, skin blackening. I checked Chris was out of his Air Force Ones and into some Stan Smiths. Those kicks were for tennis players. He was even rocking the green eyes out instead of polo. You been on the tennis court, I asked him. Tennis, Amir repeated before Chris could answer, as though it was an illegitimate sport. My father signed me up for tennis lessons. I had to accept them if I wanted to ease up and end my punishment, Chris said. Oh, it's part of the punishment, Amir joked him. I thought of it that way at first, but it's an all right game. Try it. The girlies be out there playing in their miniskirts and shit, bending over, chasing down balls. We all laughed. Let me get two beef patties, Amir ordered, and a ginger beer. Two more. I'll have the same, Chris said. Give me two chicken patties and a side of cabbage, I ordered, and two bottles of water. We grabbed the last available table and waited. Let's get down to business, I told him. Let's eat first, Chris said, as he jumped up to pick up our tray from the register and pay the cashier from our group fund. Why are you speeding, Amir asked me. There's so much to talk about. We gotta update you on some real shit. And you need to tell us something about this fucking voyage you went on. And then he lowered his voice some. I got your joint, he said, referring to the burner that I had let him hold while I was away traveling. Same as it was, I asked him, meaning, had he used the weapon for any reason? It was cool with me if he did, but I needed to know for sure. I flashed it on a few, but never fired, he said discreetly. Oh, yeah, I told him. We handle the cannon same way as we handle the sword, 
like Sensei taught us. Don't pull out unless you're ready to use it. It worked for me. Next time, niggas that need to know, know, Amir said confidently. And what you gonna do next time you see him and you ain't got it, I asked him. That's why you don't flash it. Once they know you holding, they gonna go and get strapped and come looking for you. Then what? I asked him, seriously. What y'all talking about? Damn, I stepped away for a few seconds and missed something, Chris said, holding the tray with all of our orders on it. Neither me nor Amir said a word. Chris caught on and didn't push it. He broke the tension like usual. Grab your shit off the tray. Do I look like a waitress? Chris barked, then laughed as we each reached in for our food and drink. It's not always serious like that, Amir said solemnly after we were all paused and eating. I didn't follow up because I meant what I said. On a napkin, I drew a rough diagram of the dimensions of the wall. The house is here, I said, drawing a small model to mark the placement of the house. The wall goes like this. It's nine feet high all the way around. There are three sides, left, right, and back wall. And of course, they all have to connect and line up perfectly. A brick wall, right? Chris questioned. Cement blocks, I said swiftly. The owner must have something valuable inside that house. Good for us. He'll be ready to pay up, Amir said. The pay is $700 for each side. There's three sides and three of us. So that's $700 for each of us, I told them. We get paid when it's completed. We gotta get him for a deposit, just in case, Chris said, thinking aloud and sounding like his father, the Reverend Christian Broadman. Word up, Amir said. What if we build it in shit and the cement dries, and for some reason he's talking about he don't like it? Ain't like we gonna knock it down and start over again. We were looking back and forth at one another as though we could see each other's thoughts. I'm sure I can talk him into that if I keep it reasonable. Say 100 for each of us as a deposit? I checked their eyes. Cool, Lemire said. And Chris agreed a split second after him. $700. Nice, Amir continued. It takes all summer to make $700 working in that bullshit city summer work program around my way. My pops ain't gonna say no to $700 in my hand. That's 700 less out of his pocket, Chris laughed. We start every morning, 8 a.m., I said. Damn, Amir said. And we quit at 2 p.m. each day until the job is done, I added. Why can't we just bust it out all day long every day until it gets dark? We'll finish faster, Amir proposed. Nah, he doesn't want none of us on his property before 8 a.m., and he doesn't want none of us on his property after 2 p.m. each day. Those are his rules, non-negotiable. Sounds crazy. How did you meet this guy anyway, Chris asked. He got the idea in the hardware store where I was picking up a few things, I said, intentionally dodging. It's cool. Now that I think about it, if we finish at 2 p.m., we got the whole rest of the day to get a pickup game or whatever else pays, Amir said. Back to you, black man, Chris joked me. What about that footage? Black is beautiful, I shot back calmly. Is that what your girlies tell you, Amir asked me, only half joking. My women, I corrected him. Whoa, that's right, wife, not wifey, Chris said. 
I respect that, he added, straight-faced, and I could feel he was sincere. You come back flexing, huh? Showing off? Amir asked me. It didn't sound like he was joking, either. Nah, nothing like that, I said solemnly, and I meant it. Retreating into my thoughts, I was thinking that I wanted the opposite of showing off. I had not told either of my best friends that in addition to my first wife, Akimi, who they had each met one time only at our unique and unplanned wedding at our dojo, I now have a second wife. In fact, I never planned to tell them about her either. If Akimi had not come high stepping into our dojo that day unannounced, in her Manolo Blahnik sandals, causing each of the male fighters' jaws to drop down when they saw those pretty Egyptian cat eyes and thick lips. Black-haired Akimi, so sleek in her silence, her elite feminine fashions, unrivaled and extremely attractive, her walk mean and provocative, yet there was nothing loud about her except her feelings for me. If she had not showed up that day, I never would have introduced them to her. My wives are not showpieces to me. Both of them, when seen by any man capable of recognizing raw, natural, genuine beauty, whether fully or partially covered, cause a man to react. So now they stay covered or out of most men's view on purpose. When do we start? Amir broke my retreat. Tomorrow, 8 a.m., everything is in place. Wheelbarrow, cement mix, the scaffold, the cement blocks, and all the tools we need. Just wear some beat-up jeans and old Tim's, long sleeves even though it's hot, and work gloves. He'll supply the hard hats. Be ready to sweat and get dirty. Must have been some type of fence here before, Amir observed, staring down into the soil it was day one of our job building the wall. Probably, I said, looking into the deep line in the soil that ran across the perimeter of the backyard. It's a good thing for us, though. It shows us exactly where the wall belongs. My pop said, if we go even one inch into the neighbor's property, the neighbor could file a complaint and the city would investigate, then force the owner to knock the wall down. We'll be paid and long gone, Amir said calmly. Most deaf, I said. After we complete it, everything else is the owner's problem to handle. It won't happen, though. See these markers? I pointed out the first of six iron stakes in the ground. I pulled out a thick white string and tied it securely onto the iron marker. I walked straight across and linked it tightly to the next marker until the entire backyard perimeter was lined with a tight white string. This string will be our most precise guide. Each block will be set evenly up against this line all the way around. With the iron markers from the land survey and the indentation from the old fence, we'll get it right, I assured them. Damn, you sound like a real construction worker, Amir said. Let's set this first block. Then we'll all three be real construction workers, I said, squatting to lift the first block and walk it right into position. My father said, we are three, under age, 
bootlegged, unlicensed, non-union laborers, Chris said, smiling. Right. But Reverend Broadman liked the sound of that $700 salary, Amir said, laughing. So your ass is right here working with us at the crack of dawn, and this $100 deposit feels good in my pocket. So let's get busy. We all laughed. Words of mother, Chris said. Butter the block, then shave it evenly. Line up the joints, Samir said, repeating what I had taught them earlier. I like a lot of butter on my toast, he joked, as he spread the cement over the block. Chris laughed. We were all three working, stepping back and checking our work, helping each other out. The atmosphere was warming up. From when we first began making the cement, 150 kilogram bags, 60 shovels of sand, three buckets of water, we had become closer as friends, I thought. Converting pounds to kilos caused Amir some difficulty, yet Chris was swift with mathematics and quick to reach everything he knew, quick to teach everything he knew. Carrying the blocks set off a competition of strength, and as time moved on, we messed around, each trying to carry more than one at a time to see who could lift the most. It seemed like we did more talking and working in that afternoon than we had done in all of our time together combined. And it was only day one, with possibly almost two weeks remaining. You ain't asked me about the Hustlers League yesterday, Amir said suddenly. You ain't speak one, I said calmly, still looking at the blocks and filling the voids and checking the precision, then hammering them with the heavy rubber mallet. So, I know my team, the Blacks, stomped all over your red squad while I was away. I smiled after having a look that was dead serious. Chris laughed. One point only, Amir shouted, dropping the block in his hand into the soil and then holding up one finger and raising, then placing his foot on the block he had just dropped. I didn't react, just kept working. Losers always say it's just like that, I said, rubbing it in. If we could've, if we would've, I said straight-faced. Then I added the burn, but the fact is, you couldn't. Chris cracked up. What you laughing at, Amir barked at Chris. You ain't even in the league no more, he reminded Chris. I still get one-third of the purse, whether the red team or the black team wins the tournament. I ain't mad at that, Chris fired back. And he was right. When Chris's father pulled him out of the Hustlers Junior League as a form of punishment, me and Amir both agreed. That same as when we each joined up for the league, if any of our three teams won, or if either of us three got most valuable player money, we would divide it three ways. You were gone more than a month. Your boys had to hustle like hell to keep the black team undefeated. They probably threw your ass out the league. Two, Amir pushed back at me. We'll see, is all I said. I had called Coach Vega crazy long distance, using a phone card on a payphone while I was in Asia. As soon as I realized my trip was definitely going to take more than a week's time, like I had told him at first, I let him know I would be missing in action for a while because my situation had gotten a little hectic. That's all I told him. I cut the call before giving him a chance to think and ask me any follow-up questions that I was not going to answer. I cut the call knowing that Coach had no idea where I was 
and no option to call me back. And now that I was home, I had scheduled a face-to-face with the coach. He accepted the meetup eagerly, telling me, yeah, face-to-face, that'll work. You're a little brief on the phone. Chris, slathering the next cement block, looked up and smiled at Amir and then said, if both of us are kicked out of the league and you're still in, we'll need you to play real hard for us, brother. Get that cheddar and break both of us off of our portion. We all laughed, even Amir. Break time because we had to let the blocks we laid dry. I had learned that if we heaped them up too high while wet, the weight and the pressure would cause a shift and the wall would be lopsided by the next day of work. We cleaned up, put all of our materials and tools neatly in the corner of the backyard on the inside of the low wall that we had built so far and left. As we walked down the block to get something to eat, Chris said to me, you messed up on the negotiation on this deal. We should have got the owner to get us a porta potty. How's he going to have us working when we can't use the bathroom in his house? Just take your dragon out and pee in the woods on the side of the house. Don't be so fucking spoiled, Amir told him. I'm just saying, if I was setting this up, I would have negotiated for use of the bathroom and a big water cooler because it's damn sure hot. I would have even tried to get him for per diem, Chris said. Per diem, Amir asked. Yeah, like a small daily fee to cover our lunch expenses while he got us out here, Chris explained. Hell, we ain't from Queens. Apparently, he couldn't get any of these Queens cats to do the job for him. Still, he's treating us like we ex-cons, locking up his house and confining us to his yard, Chris said. I smiled. I agreed with Chris, but mostly I liked his business mind. I knew he was already calculating how much lunch would cost for each of us and multiplying it by however many days he figured the whole job would take and then subtracting it from the $700 payment that he would that we would each get in the end that's why he was tight fuck it we can't negotiate after the deal was made the deposit was paid and the work has already gotten started Amir said tomorrow I'll bring my own lunch brown bag it get one of my women to organize that for me Amir emphasized then looked toward me I caught it he was still uneasy because I'd corrected him to address my wives as women not girlies now he would call all his girlies women too I didn't say nothing back he could call his girlies women if he wanted to no problem yet we each knew that his were not wives and that was the real big difference.